Mess It Up podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's Biker Chick and the Bowtie Guy. Welcome to the Mess It Up podcast. I am the Biker Chick. I am the Bowtie Guy. We're switching it up this week. Are we? Yeah. That's all I got. You're the microphone hog. No. <laughs> it just felt good. It just felt good to bring it in. Yeah, it was nice to bring it in. And uh, glad to have you guys here this week. You know what else is really cool? I don't know. The word of the week. Tell me what I just the word of the week is. Recalcitrant. Nice! Oh my God. All kinds of firsts. All right. Hi, I'm the biker guy. And I'm the bow tie chick. Wow. We're just messing Woo! with everybody's brains. Taking a message and turning it into a mess. That's right. <laughs> um, so you want to tell the people what recalcitrant means? I don't remember. It's being obstinate towards a person or an institution um, and uh, defying authority. Uh, so um, I think you and I could both safely be labeled at times as recalcitrant. True. Sometimes I'm obstinate in uh, my defiance of things. Mm-hmm. And I can see that. It doesn't always work well for me. No. Uh, and many times it's worked very poorly for me to be recalcitrant. And I am super glad that I am most often uncalcitrant at this yes. point. Or just calcitrant. No. I guess calcitrant would just be one less than recalcitrant. I have no idea. I don't know big words. Yeah. I like to Sorry. make them up. I know. Uh, so that was a real one, though. So uh, thanks for listening to the Word of the Week. And yep. now, on with the show. Woohoo! Uh, so I was, um, listening to a friend, uh, preach today, uh, my friend Curtis, and he's an older fella. He's probably, I'm going to say late sixties, uh, maybe early seventies and, uh, talks in kind of a quiet voice. And as older gentlemen sometimes likes to do, he loves to use little sayings and phrases and talk that way. So I just get charmed by that. I love to sit around and listen. So when I heard he was going to be speaking in church today, I was like, yes, this is going to be a good one because this was his first time speaking in church. And he talked about um, uh, Zacchaeus from Luke chapter 19, the beginning of it, yep. Zacchaeus being up in the tree and whatnot. And he says, that, you know, Jesus says, uh, make haste. And he said that his grandma used to say, make haste to him. And he said, now haste doesn't necessarily mean what you think it means. He said, haste isn't doing something fast. Haste is being fast about doing something. And you better get to doing what you're supposed to be doing fast. Don't just do it fast. Like, don't clean your room fast. Get in there fast and clean your room. Do it right, but do it rapidly. And I just thought that was an interesting thing because a lot of times I'm interested in getting it done quickly, not getting it done well. Mm-hmm. Not getting it done properly. And um, when he said that, I was like, well, I know what haste means. And I was like, ooh, I don't. And sometimes I'm so busy with the word of the week, the big word, I'm missing the small words, the simple words, the everyday words. And I'm using them to my benefit rather than to benefit me. Hmm. Uh, so that's that's what I got. Fantastic. Yeah. End of show? Is that all we got? I don't think so. I don't think so. But, uh, you know, that was an interesting thing that I thought. The other interesting thing that uh, he brought up from that story of Zacchaeus um, that I do want to talk about is in chapter 3. And I I hate to get all Bible-y on us, but we both believe in the Bible and we love Jesus. Absolutely. You know, are Jesus freaks. So um, 
it, it says in, uh, in chapter 19, verse 3 of Luke, uh, it says that he couldn't see Jesus because of the crowd. He was a short man and the crowd right. pressed in and he couldn't see Jesus. So he ran ahead and got into a tree. And it brought the question, what is the crowd blocking me from seeing? And if I'm in a crowd that's blocking me from seeing Jesus, what am I doing in that crowd? I need to do like Zacchaeus and get out of the crowd and go somewhere where I can get my eyes on Jesus. Mm. And it's easy for me to want to just blend into a crowd, to be part of something, right. to be one of us. Um, that, that need to associate and have a, a commonality is strong in me. Right. And that's not always a bad thing per se, but I can see in my life, especially where it has brought me down. And when I, when I do stuff with my guys in the prison, one of the strongest, uh, admonitions I can make of them is to get out of their crowd. Mm -hmm. Don't go back to that same group of knuckleheads that you were with because chances are you're going to wind up right where you were. Right. So has, have you been in a crowd that's blocked Jesus from you? Yeah. Say more about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. Um, I think AA did that for me. AA? Uh-huh. Okay. The two A's. Yeah. Al I, I, Alcoholics I, 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 Anonymous. I'm sure if you were stuttering there, they were like, oh, okay. Yeah. Because um, I had been in Celebrate Recovery for a couple years, and that's where I got my recovery. And Celebrate Recovery, it's men on one side, women on the other kind of deal, you know. When we're sharing our hearts, we're sharing it with gender-specific groups. Yeah, in our open share groups. Not in our open shares, yeah. yeah. Our big group, we're together. But when we're actually sharing from our hearts, it's um, it's in a gender-specific open share group. Whereas in AA, genders are mixed. There's there's no difference. We're all sharing if we want to share. Um, and so there's no segregation. And let's just say... For me, the same people at AA were the same people I would see at the bar, just boozeless. Right. And so there wasn't really a difference in the people there for me. Like there was the difference of people at Celebrate Recovery because people at Celebrate Recovery typically have Christ at the forefront of their life or they're in the process of that journey of learning how to put him first and kind of getting their faith intact. So for me, when I went to AA, I lost sight of the recovery piece and got hooked up with the guy piece. And for some reason that crowd was just very different for me. And so that crowd got in the way of me seeing Jesus and putting him first and ended up going up a very different path. It didn't hurt my sobriety, thankfully, but I started smoking cigarettes. I hooked up with the, some guy from there. My, my path was just very different than it was when it was CR alone. Mm. And you did CR first? Yes. Interesting. This is so fun. I've known Christina for a couple of years now, and I've never, I don't remember hearing this uh, specific story. That's, yeah. Wow. And I found it interesting because this group of people, like I went to the bar a lot when I first got sober. I would go to the bar. I would have an NA beer, non-alcoholic right. beer. Um, but just the presence of being in a bar was still comforting to me because from the time I was a little girl, I was raised in a bar. Would you call yourself dry drunk at that point? Not at all. Okay. Not at all. It was just my way of saying I can still be sober 
and in a bar. I could still have the atmosphere that I'm so used to. I'm not ready to let go of that yet. Okay. But progressively, as time went on, Christ took that from me. Like, I don't like being in a bar now. I mean, I don't mind being in a bar as long as I, like, I'm like i with my husband or friends or something like that. But I see the, the drunks that are in a bar, and I see the hurt in them. I don't see the fun. Right. And so I see it with a very different lens now than I ever did. Sure. But no, it was, it was just part of my journey of recovery included still being in a bar. And I found that to be very common in AA. They would still go to karaoke nights. They would still go hang out on dance nights at the bar. There was still a lot of bar involvement with this particular group of people in AA. And I know every AA group is different. It's kind of like every CR group is different. There's a different culture to each and every one of them. But um, every karaoke night at the local bar, you know, the group of... Sober AA people would be there. And so it was just a very different, you wouldn't get that. Like the CR people met at the coffee shop. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of coffee there. Right. But there wasn't a lot of bar there. Um, so just the crowd was very different. And one allowed me to keep my eyes on Jesus through my recovery. And the other one kind of helped take my eyes off Jesus. Yeah. And I think for me, my crowd wasn't, I don't know that. Th- that the crowd always try, and I think the crowd can try to block Jesus out from me, but doesn't necessarily have to be the crowd taking the action to block it. Uh, for me, more frequently, it's the crowd distracting me. Like you said, mm-hmm. I'm focusing on the crowd and being part of the crowd instead of right. Jesus. And even if I'm in a Jesus-y crowd, you know, sometimes I can get my eyes off of Jesus in that Jesus-y crowd because I'm trying to impress them, myself or them or or whatever I can, or I'll be sitting there and I'll get bitter about something in the middle of a bunch of Jesus people and I'm just focusing on my bitter instead of on Jesus. So I, it doesn't have to be that the crowd is, you know, a crowd of hooligans and thugs. It can be that Jesus crowd. It can be on Sunday morning in church that I get distracted from my Jesus. Absolutely. Absolutely. How convicting that is to me. It's, and, and that's, I mean, that's why I love the show. Uh, I, I've thought about renaming the show, um, We're Listening, because we're just listening to a couple of people talk and, or, you know, guess what I heard? You know, it's just like that idea of eavesdropping. Uh, in the restaurant or whenever and, and hearing what people are just talking about because uh, the whole idea for me of Christianity and of Jesus you know, dying on the cross, I've said this so many times, it's about relationship. It's just, go ahead and do it. Just get that thing out of there. Stop. She's I'm got, not making noise. You leave me alone. Yeah, she, she's got a, a throat. It's a cough drop. Uh, our, our biker chick is just a little flimmy. I am a little flimmy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but Jesus died so that he could have a relationship with us. And sometimes the relationship is so uh, well-developed and comfortable that it's okay to drive down the road for miles and not say anything. But ultimately, we do want to say something. Like, hey, quit pouring stuff on my table. <laughs> We're having a great time here. In, in the Mess It Up studios. What are you doing? I'm messing it up. Are you making a mess? I am. Are you going to make it into a message? Don't spill your stuff on Bevy's table. 
Right now, listener Bev is at the gym on the treadmill, and she is looking and thinking, uh-oh, what just happened? Right. She knows she's seen this table since this has happened, but she doesn't know what happened. She's going to be wondering right now, did I miss something huge? I will tell you right now, listener Bev, you did not. It's a tiny little thing. We're making a big deal out of it because it's a fun thing to do. Because it's funny. Yeah. It was funny. So. It was like two drops, but. When the when the crowd does close in and, and block mm. the, the vision from Jesus. Right. And, and let's let's go with the non-Jesus crowd right now. Let's just say that, that that traditional thug-filled crowd. I say let's go with the Christian crowd. That's going to be a more in-depth oh, personal conversation for me. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Right, we'll I, switch I, it up. I removed myself from the thug crowd. Okay. Well, that's what that I was, was easy. Ask, is how you get out of that. Yeah. For me, it was just I just realized this is not honoring to Jesus at all. This is not honoring him in my life. It's actually pushing me further back in my recovery versus helping propel me forward. And I just couldn't have it. Um, I got pregnant with Roman at that time. And so I'm 33 and pregnant again. And wow, what do I do? Right? So I'm going to be a single mom again for the third time at 33 years old. It's a lot of threes. And it is. Three, three, three. And so it made me think, like, what do I want? What what kind of values am I looking at? You know, this is what I see this behavior and this behavior is taking me down this path that is just as destructive as the path I was on prior to my coming to Christ. Mm-hmm. Is that what I wanted for my future and the future of my three boys? The future that I'm trying to create a better future than I ever had before. And so that was easy for me to walk away from that playground. It was easy for me to go, these are not the the people that are going to lift me up Mm -hmm. and, and take me in a right direction. So I stopped going to AA, pretty simple, focused on just CR, focused on, you know, my pregnancy in my, my relationship with Christ and what that looked like. And that's not to say that AA doesn't work for people. Absolutely. That's why I'm saying every AA is different. Every culture is different. Every experience is different. Personally for me, this is what happened. Yeah. This was the culture of where I was at and, and what was going on there. And, and I know my boundaries now because of it. And that's what's helpful for me on my journey. There's a lot thing. of knowing those boundaries. Mm-hmm. Was that a, mm-hmm. an intentional thing that you were like, all right, I've got to define some boundaries, or is it something that you look back now? It's like, oh, I can see where the boundaries are now, and I've I've learned. Just, no. but was it intentional? After after I got pregnant with Roman, and after that whole situation went down, yeah, I was like, I have to make this decision. This is not a good path. And then I put a, a very hard boundary there to say, hey. I'm spending more of my time in a negative environment for me. Very positive for others, but for me personally, it was a negative environment. So I had to make a conscious decision to say, hey, I'm doing what's best for me and my kids yeah. and move in that direction. Yeah. That's why for me, it was a very, it's easy. It's easier now with as many years in recovery to kind of see my self-destructive behavior and how I play into that. In, in kind of the thug arena or, you know, when people that aren't Christians or aren't walking the, you know, I'm air quoting all over the place. You guys can't see it, but 
what becomes fuzzy for me is when you throw church people in there. And that's what we're going to talk about after the break. Yes. But right now, we're going to do a song that's going to blow your minds. Literally. Tell them what we got, Christina. We have a song called Church Clap by KB. Let's get our hands clapping. It's so fun. And uh, enjoy we'll it. see you on the other end of the break. That's right. Mother in a church hat clap Man, that sugar gave her color purple Coming back clap, uh When that whole week beat you up and stress you But you hear that organ playing And remind you of your blessings And on another note, she just hit another note Chills down my spine, got me crying Make me overload, you don't know about it though Old school church hymns Seekers get the humming out of drum I'm finna burst in Can you hear me now? Church close, sweaty, you don't care You just get it now how we made martyrs out of these fathers yeah. and rose up all of his daughters to glorify him with honor. We got our church Woo! clap going. Yeah, that was, I'd never heard that song before. That's a fun one. That was all me. Now, I, I didn't understand any of the lyrics because I'm, you know, old and deaf. You're not old and deaf. It was, but it's more of a fun song, it honestly. Is. It's um, super fun. It just, it makes you move. It does. And it makes you clap. It does. It, it's, it's hard to not clap with that going on. And, um. Do you go to a church where this clapping? No. I don't either. No. I, don't. I wish I did. I didn't. Let me take it back. I didn't go to a church where there's clapping. I do go to a church where there's clapping now because today was my first day going to church in the prison. Oh, nice. And I could hear the clapping and the noise going on from the when I, I entered the the institution... I could hear it, and I thought to myself, this is either really bad or really good. Right. Because either there was a riot breaking off, or it was some church breaking off, and it was church breaking off, and it was right. awesome. They were not afraid to let that church know, or that prison know, we love Jesus, and we're going to make a ruckus. That's right. <laughs> For God. Yeah. No, I go to a Baptist church. That should say about enough. I've been to Baptist churches where they clapped. I go up to a white Baptist church. It was kind of that way, too. Really? Yeah. I've never gone to a white Baptist church where they've clapped. Oh, yeah. Now, rhythm was optional. That's white people clapping. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was very optional. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I do enjoy a uh, little bit of foot stomping, hand clapping. I think it's great. Yeah. So, uh, before the break, yeah. do you have anything else for this song? No. I, I understand there's a dance for it. Check it out on the interwebs. Nice. 
Yeah. Uh, so that was again KB, the letter K, the letter B, and church clap. Um, before the break, we were talking about letting the crowd block us from our Jesus. Yep. And uh, you wanted to get into getting uh, some Christianese that's blocking some Jesus. Well, just in theory. Okay. You so know. This, the whole rest of the show is going to be theoretical. Theoretical. Yeah. So uh, alleged uh, stuff. Alleged. It may have happened. This is for the sake of argument, just to illustrate a possible point. In theory. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Theoretically. As you were then, young lady. As to not offend anyone. Yeah. I'm not casting aspersions on anybody. You know, it. it's just hard for me when, and I've been to, a lo- not a lot, but I've been to several churches over the last six and a half years. So different churches are different ways. Different people are different ways. Um, but I think having a recovery background gives us a better ability to kind of take our church ease mask off and show our real selves a little bit more. I think that the tendency for those that have been in recovery and faced their, their imperfections, faced their struggles, faced those things, they are a little more settled with who they are and they can be comfortable being who they are regardless of the setting. And I'm painting broad strokes. Right. Um, and so I find it difficult when I see people that I know struggle behind the scenes because of information I have firsthand from conversations with them. But when I see them in church and they throw up the, I'm fine, everything's fine, life is great. Like dad leans over the back of the car seat, smacks the kid, says, knock it off, smile, we're going to church. Yes. That sort of mentality. And I was reading, and it's all over. I was reading an article that was posted on Facebook. Somebody shared it, and it talked about a girl who, husband is in the church somehow, worship pastors, you know, something in, and she's like, I just can't come in today. She's like, I knew if I had to face anybody that I'd be in tears. I just couldn't put on my happy face for church today and walk in. And my heart hurt for her. Because why couldn't she walk into that church? That's where you need to be. With her authentic moment. Why couldn't she walk into her church a mess and be who she is? Now, I must say, there are churches that I have attended that I understand that mentality. I understand, like, hey, I have got to put on a happy face. Because I don't want all these weirdos knowing what's going on in my life. And then there's other churches that I've attended, and I'll give a shout out to First Baptist Cal City. Pastor Jay. That's right. I could walk into that church and they would huddle around me like the body of Christ, like there was no tomorrow. Whether I was happy, I was given hugs. Whether I was sad, I was given hugs. People were there in a very authentic way. And so I know what it's like to walk into both types of churches, to walk in and say, wow, I better gather my crap today. So Susie over there doesn't realize that I'm struggling, even though Susie over there is struggling just as bad as I am. Mm -hmm. And if I could let down my wall a little bit, Susie could let hers down and maybe there could be some real authentic growth. 
but it's hard. Yes. When the culture of the church is everyone's fine. Just say Jesus. Yeah. You know, Jesus is the answer. I got a good verse for you. Right. What's that? No, that's what people tell me. I was like, what's that? There's a verse. Any verse. Yeah. Any verse. Yeah. (laughs) I, I, I used to, uh, know a guy and uh if you ask hey how you doing better and better all the time never been better Mm -hmm. like uh, right now i know what you're going through and yeah you've been better and just saying it doesn't make it so it's i'm not a huge believer in fake it till you make it i am i'm a believer in but i'll explain be real and and because if I'm, if I, I, I get, you know, doing the things, you know, the principle behind fake it till you make it, but I think it can be dangerous because it makes can us be. put on that mask can and be. that, that falseness. Mm-hmm. And if I'm sitting in Starbucks, yeah, I'll, I'll suck it up and not have the tears coming down my face if I can. Yeah. But when I'm at church, I don't want to have to hide the fact that I'm hurting. Right. Cause those are the people that I want to know the most. And, and, and at my CR meeting, and yesterday it was beautiful. I, I had a guy at the prison come up to me and we were talking about, you know, doing something. We were just having a prayer time. And he came up and I said, how can I pray for you? He just started weeping. He said, I want you to pray for me and my daughters. And his eyes were just red and tears running down his face in a prison because of his daughters. And then he misses his daughters and he yeah. wants to be a better dad for him. And I'm just like, that's authentic. Yeah. I crave authenticity because so much of my lie was a load of garbage, just, you know, iced over. Right. Some pretty. Right. And you, you break through that crust. I, I had a friend who always used to say, poop smells. When you break the crust, even if it's dry and crusty in the yard, you break the crust, it smells. And, you know... We just need to get to the authenticity of it and know this is what we're dealing with, you know, not try to, to, to dress it up so it's, you know, acceptable. If, if my pain is not acceptable, do I really need to be around you? Right. And, right. And I need to find the people where my pain is acceptable. I agree completely. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been one of my favorite shows. It's been good. I found myself really listening. Yeah. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> yeah, really listening and just uh, soaking it in, thinking, ruminating. It's a good subject. It really is. And you know it. I think it's always good to have those people that are outside of your standard in your life. Like, you know, wow, I wouldn't normally hang out with that person because they don't believe in Jesus or they're a little, you know, shady over here or, um, whatever it is. I love to have those people that don't fit in to my little puzzle perfectly because that means that somebody is seeing the joy of Jesus in my life or the authenticity of living with, struggle, but also having peace behind that struggle. And I love to have those people in my life that lift me up and empower me and show me how to walk in Christ. Yeah. It's, it's important to, to have that and to know that, um, uh, when we're going through life, if, if we don't know those people, then we are not necessarily going to be able to 
understand where you know the crowd starts, where the crowd stops. It's it, I don't know, and that and that's a tricky thing for me to know. Is this a dangerous crowd for me? Is this a crowd that's a Jesus stopping crowd? Is um, and I don't think that there's necessarily a hard and fast answer on that because I think any crowd has the potential to be a Jesus stopper depending on how focused I am on Jesus. Right. And I think Jesus can pick me out of the crowd. Listen, Zacchaeus was having a hard time seeing Jesus, but Jesus did not have a hard time seeing Zacchaeus. Right. And when, when the person touched Jesus, he you know, asked who touched me. He wasn't asking because he needed identification on it. That was not his reason for asking, you know, who touched me. He knew. He's, he's God. He's the son of God. He's, he knows it all. Right. And so, bless you, Gypsy. That was my dog <laughs> sneezing. Yeah. She's a little phlegmy, too. <laughs> so, um, it's important to be able to, to identify the crowd that I'm in and know if they have that capacity. But for me to focus on Jesus, he's always focused on me. We can get that, mm-hmm. that communication mm-hmm. going anywhere, anytime no matter what. And it's incumbent on me to, uh, to stay focused. True. Jesus doesn't get distracted. Nope. Yeah. I do. Huh? All the time. What? I do. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, I was distracted. You were distracted. Squirrel. I get it. Yeah. Um, funny story. Well, maybe it's not. We'll see. Let's try it. I was driving down the road today in uh, the, the city where my prison is, and I saw a squirrel on the sidewalk, and I thought to myself, squirrel! Ha, ha, ha. Take a picture and post it. You're so funny. Yeah. So anyhow, guess it was funnier to me than it was to Christina. Uh-huh. Most things are. Most definitely. <laughs> yeah. uh, Christina, a lot of people um, have been wondering how can they help us out? What What do we need for the show? What What can we do to be part of what's going on with this show? And my answer to them is Patreon. Patreon is a service that allows people to financially support the show for as little as $1 a month. They can join us on Patreon by going to MessItUpPodcast.com and clicking on the uh, support the show, uh, become a a sponsor um, button down there. And for $1 a month, $5 a month, $10 a month, $25 a month, you can support the show financially and help us get the bills paid and uh, keep on making the show uh, outstanding. So we super duper duper appreciate the uh, patrons that we already have. Hopefully you've gotten your, your swag by now. If you have not, uh, send me an email at bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com. I'm supposed to get my email here? That's the one. That sounded a weird toss to me. Yeah. Uh, if you want to email me for any reason whatsoever, you can email me at bikerchick at messituppodcast.com. And a lot of people love intern Dave because, you know, he's big wave Dave. Why wouldn't you love him? Right. Uh, if you want to get a hold of him, it's info at messituppodcast.com. We are on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, we have a Reddit subreddit, which is at uh, Mess it Up or Messed Up Ministries is our, our, our subreddit on Reddit. Right. Everything else, look for Mess It Up Podcast. And don't forget to use that hashtag uh, and you can win yourself some Starbucks if you go onto the uh, Instagrams and all that kind of stuff. What hashtag is that, Paul? So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. There isn't one on this show. There's not one on this show? No. Did we do it on last show? We did it on another show that didn't make it to the air. Oh, we forgot to say it. We did. Oh, do you want to do one? I do want to do All one. All right, what do we say? So if you use the hashtag... 
my crowd on your That's post. That's a good one. Um, we will search for my crowd on the post and we will um, give somebody a $5 Starbucks card. So put that on Instagram, on Facebook, or on Twitter. Use the hashtag MyCrowd, and someone's going to get $5 worth of Starbucks this week. So uh, thanks for helping us mess it up. We hope to see you again next time. Yeah. I I got nothing. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. Why are you copying me? Because I want to. We're like, all of a sudden, today, Christine and I have become little kids in the backseat of the station wagon. Absolutely. Driving across the country. And we're like, will you stop touching me? No, you stop touching me. Will you do that? No, I won't do that. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess it up.